coronavirus testing system. People needing tests are currently struggling to get one, with the website often directing them to centres hundreds of miles away. Matt Hancock says the government will also publish a new list of who should get tested first. I do not shirk from decisions about prioritisation. They're not always comfortable, but they are important. The top priority is and always has been acute clinical care. The next priority is social care. Ireland's entire cabinet is self-isolating as the country's health ministers reportedly being tested for COVID-19. Stephen Donnelly appeared at a news conference with the Prime Minister and Deputy Prime Minister this morning. A former Tory MP has been jailed for two years for sexual assaults on two women. Charlie Elphick groped one of his victims at his home in 2007 before targeting a parliamentary worker in 2016. A judge said he told a pack of lies while forcing the women to come to court. The number of people who've lost their jobs since the start of lockdowns risen again. 36,000 people fell off payrolls in July and it's feared that figure could rise when the furlough scheme ends next month. Adam Marshall from the British Chambers of Commerce thinks targeted support will be needed after that. We're looking to the Treasury to be flexible and to be open to that possibility. Not every business which is viable for the future is able to reopen completely or indeed operate at full levels. ITV says it stands by the decision to show Diversity's Black Lives Matter performance on Britain's Got Talent. The dance led to more than 21,000 complaints to the TV watchdog Ofcom. And in football, Barnsley are on course to book themselves a third-round tie against Chelsea in the League Cup. They're 2-0 up against Middlesbrough. Luton lead Reading 1-0. That's the latest. I'm Anna Russell. Love Drystone Radio. 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 Your station, your voice, your community. Drystone Radio. The Writer's Bookshelf on Drystone Radio.
David Driver. Drystone Radio.
Romeo He sang the streets of Serenade Laying everybody low With a love song that he Find a comedian sweet love Steps out of the shade and says something like You and me, babe Listeners, welcome again to yet another Writer's Bookshelf with, of course, me, David Driver. And what a fantastic way, what a fantastic way to open up the show. The brilliant Mark Knopfler with, of course, Dire Straits and a little bit of 70s disco, if you like. One of my favourite songs from the 70s, Last Train to London, ELO. Two brilliant tracks to open up tonight's edition of the Writer's Bookshelf right here at Drystone Radio, your favourite Community Radio Station covering Craven and soon to cover Ilkley and Wharfdale. Or should I say the other way round, Wharfdale, i.e. Ilkley. We are broadcasting on 103.5 FM online, on digital, on your smart speaker or even via the podcast. And I'm sure you already know, fantastic news. Round, I would imagine round about sort of another, another five or six weeks, certainly towards the end of October, possibly into November. We'll give you the exact date. We're going to Ilkley and we will be broadcasting, of course, on 102 FM. Fantastic news indeed. Well, if you tuned in for the first time, it's David Driver. I'm on the airwaves right through until 10 p.m. this evening. It is, of course, the writer's bookshelf and... What's coming up on the uh, What's coming up on the show? Well, in the second hour, the main event of tonight's show is all about you, as in you wonderful writers, poets, you magicians of the words, you weavers of the words. Fantastic stuff indeed. And I will be speaking to none other than Margaret Hollis. So if you tuned in, Margaret, good evening to you. I don't know if we've actually met, but I do know that you are part of the Indie Lit Fest. So, and I also, I also have to say a good evening to Kate Hames. I haven't seen you in a while, but a good friend, friend of the show and friend of many authors and poets in and around the area. So Margaret Hollis will be speaking to me by the magical invention that is a mobile phone round about ten past, quarter past eight, and we'll be chatting about magical history storage. She's even got a fantastic website. I've been taking a look, so can't wait to talk to Margaret. And once again, anyone that's tuned in, and I uh, I can't remember everyone, but I'm going to say good evening to all the people that I have met over the years 
um, that are linked to the indie the indie lit fest and all the people connected with that because I do know it's been posted out on their site saying that Margaret is on the show but please stay tuned if she's coming on the show round about I said ten past quarter past eight but stay tuned for a little bit more if you want to interact the best way to do that is to get yourself on Facebook if you're already on there good news indeed just type in Drystone Radio the writer's bookshelf and you can you can post your comments and you, while I'm interviewing uh, Margaret or playing any music or you can you can just interact and ask me so if any questions get in touch tell me what you think and all the feedback and all your uh, all your thoughts and comments are brilliant indeed we'll also be giving you the latest on the world storytelling page and um, we might even go over to Waterstones and find out what the books of the uh, of the months are. And we'll also be visiting Arthur G. Mustard's Gingerlicious Poetry page. And talking, and talking of poetry, I do have some good news with regard to some brilliant, and I do mean brilliant, poetry competitions. So stay tuned for all that time for another song and this is one of my favourites and I must admit I do play this song when I say quite often I'm sure all presenters at Drystone Radio myself included you tend to play a sort of handful of songs and it's also a favourite of my late mother's Dorothy Driver and just things happening in uh, in my life and every time I've sort of in this thought pattern of maybe possibly moving on to Pastors New, and I don't mean Pastors New regarding Drystone Radio, things that are happening in my life. Obviously, I'm in and out of the world of poetry and writing and radio, and I work at a particular college, but just a lot of changes going on in uh, in my life. And my good mother always used to say, David, be yourself. Don't let people talk down to you. Always be, always be yourself. Always be honest. And enough is enough sometimes. And sometimes it's in life, you just sort of move on. No point being involved with anything sort of negative. No point turning up to be part of something when it's negative and it's going nowhere. You might find yourself in a cul-de-sac. You may find yourself at a dead end with a sort of a no-win, if you like, situation. And in my humble opinion... The best thing to do is move on. So anyway, every time I sort of start thinking like that, or I'm in that sort of mindset, I sort of hear myself in my head singing this song, and then I sing it out a little bit loud, and it gets a bit louder, and then I play it live on the airwaves. The song I'm talking about is it's Mr. Matt Munro and Born Free. <laughs> the wind blows as free as the grass grows born free to follow your heart live free and beauty surrounds you the world still astounds you it's time you look at a star Stay free 
Stone Radio. From the Canal Basin in Skipton to Sutton Clough, we are Drystone Radio. Yeah, 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 yeah. Feel like I'm made out of gingerbread. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Crumb thick and lip licking gingerbread. Now, fresh out of the pan, sweet gingerbread man. Fresh out of the pan, sweet gingerbread man. I'm twirling a cane made of peppermint. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Nice, sticky hand, sticky peppermint. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sponge sugary cloud. A sugar coating on it All tasty and tan Sweet gingerbread man Fresh out of the pan Sweet gingerbread man Yes, listeners, you know the song by now. A man and a song that needs no introduction whatsoever. It is, of course, Mr. Sammy Davis Jr. with a brilliant 
sweet gingerbread man and that has become part of the writer's bookshelf and why because you know that uh, I like to post things and promote everything that is gingerlicious therefore sweet gingerbread man and that takes us right through to the Arthur G Mustard gingerlicious poetry page another Facebook page if you are not already on the page and a member all you need to do is number one get yourself a Facebook account number two just type in Arthur G Mustard's Gingerlicious Poetry page and you will be connected. I will share your work live on air. Yes, live on air. I could even be part of the show. When better times come along, you might be able to pop into the studio and talk to me live in the studio or you could be like my brilliant guest to be in the second hour of the show and talk via telephone. Brilliant stuff indeed. Who is indeed... Mr. Arthur G. Mustard, it is I I hear you all call, because you know by now, it's just a different name I write under to keep the poetry, keep the poetry sometimes separate to my correct name, my birth name of David Driver. And we're going to kick things off with one that we're going down virtually to my good friend in uh, in Birmingham, the mighty city of Birmingham, Dawn Terence. So Dawn, if you are tuned in, good evening to you. And I do hope that you are all safe and well. But sometimes, I know you're quite a busy, very busy, should I say, young lady. She might be catching up via the podcast. So either way, send you my love and good evening. And I do like, I do like uh, Dawn's, Dawn's poetry. And sometimes, sometimes there is a little bit of artwork. And I have to say, I do like this artwork. Um, it's a picture of the world. He's got a clock around the uh, the world. Oh, he's got some matches. He's got some matches ticking around the uh, two matchsticks, if you like, as the hands and uh, the hands of the clock. And they are one of them's lit and one of them isn't. So it's good. I just like it. I just like things like that. Okay, so we'll share this one and see what you think. It goes like this, as I always say. It's far better. It is indeed far better if you read out your own poems and why, because you do it justice. And I always do my best. You can practice your own poem as best you can, but I can read it out in the best voice possible and do it as much, much justice as what I can. So here we go. I do hope you like it. The world is too beautiful for the human race. We have destroyed the planet. We are a total disgrace. Animals extinction. We are not far behind. We abuse this world. We have all lived blind. Homes need care or they fall apart. We neglected the house. There is no fresh start. The lands are burning. Floods are plenty. The beginning of the end. Our world soon empty. Yet still we continue to ignore the truth. We deserve to lose our once beautiful roof. There is no teaching those who won't listen. We are witnessing the end of God's perfect vision. Good stuff indeed. Probably one of my saints. Excellent. And I do like... um, I do like... Um, the uh, I do I do like the poetry 
and just just on a side, just on a on a uh, a sideline, I, I knew a message had uh, had popped through, and I just played the songs, obviously, and, and reading out Dawn's uh, Dawn's lovely poem. But a good evening. Now I've already said read out just read out a poem from uh, Dawn Terence, the from the mighty city of Birmingham. And obviously that's a little bit further down south, the Midlands, should I say. It's south to where I am in sunny Yorkshire. So we're going to fly further up the country to uh, sunny South Shields to say a lovely and warm good evening to my good friend, fellow writer and poet, Elaine Chiswick. Because she sent me uh, a little picture. Maybe she's baking. She bakes some wonderful stuff indeed. Excellent. And I think there's a... I'm just looking at this little picture and... I'm sure that says ginger on there. Does that say ginger, you naughty little girl? Elaine, it's, um, I think she's baking there. It says King's, I'm looking at a picture and it looks like a worktop. Whether it is Elaine's or not, I don't know. And it says King's Mill 50-50. And it also says, you say ginger on there. So it's so brilliant. And that is because it all relates to the, uh, to the gingerbread man. I absolutely, I love it. I love things like that when they, uh, when they get set, sent, uh, sent in. But, um, just going back, you, uh, people always write poetry of the, uh, excuse me, they always write poetry of the time. And it's probably fair to say that, uh, the poetry, like the one I've shared from Dawn, regarding the earth and the planet and, and, and moving forward and saving the planet, I think that's, it's there, it's been there for a while, sharing a lot of the COVID-19 pandemic poems. Um, and, and I'm going to come back to that subject a little later. And then some people just maybe look on the, uh, sort of on the brighter, um, on the brighter side of, um, the brighter side of life. So I'm just flicking down, I'm just flicking down. Here is one, here is one. From uh, from my good friend Eric Bishop, I'm just going to fly down virtually down down the page and give you a little bit of a taste of uh, of what people are posting. And this is from Mr. Eric Bishop. And he he put also he has a page that says poetry and private hire. Obviously, he is a poet and private hire meaning it is a fantastic job of taxiing through the day. So if you type in again on Facebook, poetry and private hire, you'll get some more of uh, of Eric's poems. And this one goes by the title of Accept Me. Lovely, well, a lovely written poem, beautifully written, and also touches on there on certain subjects that we need to address. It goes like this, Accept Me. Accept me for who I am. Be my colour black or white or various hues. Don't judge me for the way of life till you've walked for a while in my shoes. Accept me for who I am, though I be lesbian, transsexual, gay. For these labels just don't mean a thing or change how I live every day. Accept me for who I am. Don't ridicule, deride or put down. If my behaviour offends your ideals or my body art, or choice of gown. Accept me for who I am, for disabilities are not always seen. You know not the problems I face, nor the darkness of places I've been. Accept me for who I am, without prejudice, bigotry, spite, 
and I will do the same just for you. For with acceptance come love and the light. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff indeed from Mr. Eric Bishop. And I'm just going to flick down and see. I'm going to share. There's a few more down here. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing because I, yeah, I, I did share one the, uh, I did share one the, the other week. And in, in fact, I'll share it with you now. Why not? Because I, this is going back to the beginning of August. And I have been, uh, I'm sharing, I have a few sort of live sh uh, sets. <laughs> this is something else. I have a couple of uh, live sets on the world poetry page. Um, and I've also done quite a lot of the recorded stuff. Simply, it just depends on, on my availability. And, um, I was just playing around with, with words and I know this was possibly, well, it wasn't possibly, it was aimed at a younger audience to try and get them sort of into poetry. And, um, <clears throat> believe it or not, Obviously, I've got the locks on the door, so it makes a padlock. And I've been swapping around, uh, swapping one of the clocks over. And a sandwich, and you put them all together. And I, I, I did a recording, and I came up with a poem. And it was called, Lock, I, I, well, I, I gave it the title, Locks, Clocks, Sandwich, Slice, Rats Are Nice. And I was laughing at the uh, the poem. I'm going to share it with all you people now, and I do hope you like it. It just makes me laugh, and I just think that things... As I said, sometimes you need to have a good old laughing life sometimes. And so here we go. Locks, clocks, sandwich, slice, rats are nice. And it goes like this. Padlock picker, padlock picker, padlock picker of locks. Pick me a padlock promptly. Pick me a padlock that's locked. Clock crack cleaner, clock crack cleaner, clock crack cleaner of clocks. Clean me a clock crack cautiously. Clean me a clock crack that's cracked. Sandwich slicer, sandwich slicer, sandwich slicer of sandwiches. Slice me a sandwich swiftly. Slice me a sandwich not sliced. Rap ratter, rat ratter, rat ratter of rats. Rat me a rat rather readily. Rat me a rat. That's not catched. The lock is locked. The clock crack is cracked. The rats need ratting. The sandwich is missing a slice. Rats not catched. Rats plan hatched. Rats like a sandwich without a slice. Rats think it tastes rather nice. <laughs> so there you go. That's me being well, when I say silly, I don't know if it is a little bit silly, but it makes people laugh and it gets the kids right in. It's good stuff indeed. Okay, I'm just looking down. Um, I'm just wondering now. I know you can't see the screen. I am going to share um, one more, but before I do, and I know I keep saying this one, I think I've taken, I think I've taken um, heed of this uh, of this saying I'm going to share with you. 20, this 22nd of July I shared this, and I was first, attra first attracted to the uh, to the picture, and you sort of trolling the uh, Facebook pages or the internet, and I came across Muses from a Mystic. So that's Muses from, from a Mystic, and I saw, and I suppose you could maybe call this person looks like a Buddhist, certainly, excuse me, certainly a religious figure or someone's into, into deep meditation 
and they're in a cell, legs crossed, arms crossed, eyes closed, meditating. And I suppose, it, I'm, I'm going to call it a cell, it's like a prison, and this wonderful light is filtering in. And there's only four lines, if you like, to it, and it says, it's in stillness that the light enters through the windows of your soul. Excellent indeed, and I think I have been in uh, in the uh, meditation stage of, a little bit of meditating, which is why I am hopefully be announcing over the next few weeks. Moving on to new, pastor's new, shall we say. You don't want to dwell sort of in the past and with all these this sort of negativity. Um, and I will be, uh, I will be talking about that. Um, so well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll share one more. And this is going back to the 2nd of July. And you know, Elaine, you've sent me a, uh, you did send me a poem way back on the 2nd of July. So for anybody tuning in for the, for the first time, giving you a little bit of taste, a little bit of flavour of, um, of, of things, of things that we share on the poetry page. So this was posted by my lovely Elaine Chizik, and I don't mind, um, sharing this again. It, it seems to be the taste, the, the flavour or the taste of uh, tonight's show. And this is what Elaine says. Good stuff indeed. The world is divided and it shouldn't be. Too many people thinking. Me, me, me. Too many ways to segregate and too many people preaching hate. The past is the past. It's dead and gone. It's time to learn from mistakes. Time to move on. There's good and bad on every side. Equality is needed, so no one has to hide. No matter the sex, colour or creed, right now it's love and understanding we need. So hold out your hand and let the hate be gone. We are a single race. We are all human. We are one. Brilliant stuff indeed. Well, I'll tell you what we are going to do. I want to play you another song, and I'm going to be right back with a couple of ways that you might be able to get your work published. And I might just be telling you about a book that's coming out next week. Here are a little bit of the Detroit Spinners.
Yes, working my way back to you, babe, by, of course, the Detroit Spinners. Don't tell me, all you bookshelf fans, all you weavers of wonderful words. I reckon you might be sat there, snuggled up, tuned in and loving it. You might have a cup of cocoa, a cup of Horlicks, or even a glass of red wine. If you're feeling a little bit brave on a Tuesday, you might have a G&T, but have you been miming the words and singing to your partner across the living room and singing it and saying like, and pointing with your fingers saying you and blowing each other kisses. I don't know. I haven't because I am here down at the studio on my own and talking about the down at the studio. I know I say it most weeks now, but here is my out of the window spot. And you already know if you've been a guest at Drystone Radio, the Drystone Towers, um, Studio One, it has no windows, so you can sometimes walk in there in the daylight and it come out, you come outside obviously to go home. And it is pitch black. And what I've noticed is from March, I think about March the 24th, I think. Um, yeah, March the 24th, Tuesday, the first time I broadcast here. And I've got a window in the studio and it's been brilliant really just to, for the last, well, nearly. Um, we, we know it's nearly been about six months since I've been here. Well, not actually sick, I've been going home, obviously, but broadcasting on uh, on a Tuesday. And the first thing I noticed, obviously, was outside broadcasting. And it's now, it's it's just after 22, uh, 28. And I've noticed, I mean, it's absolutely pitch black. I think it was only a couple of weeks ago. And I was saying around about half past eight, it's, uh, it's getting dark. It's now 22, quarter to eight, it's dark. And... I know it's obvious, but sometimes it's just brilliant to still be broadcasting and going home at 10 o'clock. Um, only five minutes up the road, doesn't matter. Um, but it's still a little bit of daylight. And it just, it's just, I know it's, it's, it just makes me smile that I've been broadcasting for six months. Uh, six months. And uh, I can just see the different sort of, uh, you know, you can see the, not the sunrise, but you can see the sun setting a, a little bit. I've missed it now. And I think I've even missed the bats. I think I've just been on with other things because look out the window. And just a that little, that little bit of dusk, um, they are probably still out there, but I can't see them because of re- the reflection. And the bats are there, and it's dark again. So it's, it, it might be strange if we don't get things sorted. Um, obviously, with COVID-19, I might do. It might be a full year here. I could still be broadcasting here, and it might be light again. So September is well and truly here. The clocks are altering very, very soon, in about six weeks or something daft like that. And yes, it's setting in, it's getting, I'm going to say it is getting darker. And obviously the, the nights are drawing in. But it's certainly not getting any colder. Absolutely cracking day today in, uh, in this neck of the woods. Okay, let's crack on with the, uh, with the poetry. But first and foremost, anyone, anyone that came, anyone that uh, joined us or everyone should I say that joined the Gingerlicious Nights open mic Zoom last night. Brilliant. And Shereen at Lisanti, thank you. We had a Vonnegarty, Peter K, not that, Peter K, Irene Lofthouse. But two, I don't mean this in any sort of different way, but two, I have to say two special uh, thank yous to the brilliant Mr. John Rowe. And you know, John, 50 years, yes, 50 years plus in the storytelling business, he's the curator of the World Storytelling Cafe. He joined us, I sent him an invite. And if you are tuned in or catching up via the podcast, John, thank you ever so much. And I can't encourage all you other people enough to get get onto that page and check everything out. And a quite a, another, another pleasant surprise was um, Will Nona, Will, well, Will Nona and Jade, um, the lovely ladies all the way over from the good old US of A. And I know I've already mentioned about the Indie Lit Fest and you'll know them. 
Uh, and I thought, ladies, they are absolutely brilliant indeed, doing all the things in the world of writing, the world of poetry. And check out, I have posted a few links. Check out their webpage, if you like, and their Facebook page. And the interview people doing all these sort of uh, podcasts and live interviews. It's absolutely brilliant. And lo and behold, who tuned in? Who zoomed in? Who zoomed in last night? None other than Will Nona. And I say last night, Gingerlicious Nights is... Uh, it's 7pm until 10pm, so we'll sometimes finish at 9, half past, I'll put it in for 3 hours, see how we go. And um, all of a sudden, I think about half past, half past 3 in the afternoon, and she joined us. Brilliant stuff indeed, absolutely loved it. So if you are interested in that, it's always the second Monday of the month, 7pm until 10pm, and uh, it's obviously Zoom, it's online, and you don't have to perform I know people might be put off. You can put your microphone on mute. You can put your, uh, you, you can turn the video off. So you don't have, people don't have to see you. People don't have to hear you. All you know is, all I know is that you're there and you are part of the audience. So if you want to do that, please do so. Not a problem. Not a problem. You might be tuned in and thinking, how can I get my work out there? Well, I can help you out just because Bradford Libraries are running a competition. It's a stay-at-home poetry and art competition, Bradford Library's poetry and art competition in response to 2020 COVID-19 stay-at-home. What are they saying at Bradford Libraries? We believe, this is what they're writing, we believe that poetry and creativity can be a great way of engaging our minds to explore what, how and why we feel a certain way. So what it's saying is, if you've got some poetry or some artwork, please send it in. You need an, an entry form. Now, the poems and artwork will be um, selected by a panel of judges. I'm just skimming over. I don't have to bore you to death with everything. It's, you can submit poetry or artwork. Panel of judges, obviously, for the poetry. And the age category the age categories are 4 to 11, 12 to 18, and adult. And that applies for the um, for the artwork as well. What can you do? You can email your poems. Um, you can email them, or you can post them to um, you can post them to the library, or you can even contact the library and hand it in at your allocated time. And the same with your artwork. You can uh, take it in at a certain time, or you can. Um, you can take it in to be photographs or you can send if you can send it in maybe JPEG um in the JPEG format. Now the um if you want to send in any poems, you're gonna send it to library.events at bratford.gov.uk. But before you do that, you need um you need a an entry form. So what you need to do is go to the I'm just flicking down now to go to Bradford Libraries webpage. So get on the Bradford Libraries webpage and look on events, download the uh, entry form, and then what you can do is uh, is get your form. And it says if you need any information, I found it now. The email is it's library.events at bradford.gov.uk. UK, so it is. I'll just double check it. It is, of course, the same 
email address so you can inquire you can send all your if you don't need to find out any more information it is library.events at bradford.gov.uk but if you do have a, a a poem or you've already got an entry form then send it to the uh, send it to the same uh, send it to the same address so that way and even the artwork you can always have a go now just talking about uh, a little bit more poetry and I'm going to plug this it just absolutely go berserk I'm going to be very just unashamed of promoting it and why because I'm, I'm going to now plug a uh, a fantastic poetry book that's coming out hopefully it's coming out very very soon hopefully next week the 20, week commencing the 21st of September and it will be available via Amazon but it will also be available via York Publishing Press and it's going by the title of Viral Versus Art in Exceptional Times. And myself is in there. I am in there. Mr. Heath Common is there. He's in there. Ian McMillan, Ralph McTell, uh, Mike Harding, uh, Millie Johnson, Dame Margaret Drabble. Brilliant stuff. I keep sharing the... Um, I keep sharing it. And it's a little bit about it. And it goes on to say that the coronavirus pandemic has highlighted, very similar to the Bradford one, Bradford Libraries, it's highlighted the strong weft and warp. Yes, W-E-F-T, weft and warp, as well as the rips in our social fabric. Art gives rich pattern to that fabric and weaves us together. It has a powerful, sorry, it has a power we need and that we need to share wild, uh, widely. Find your favourites in this rich collection and take solace or take action or both. And that is Kate, that is Professor Kate Pickett. And she is a best-selling co-author of the Spirit Level. Good stuff indeed. So just a little bit more. What you can do is if you go to, if you just type in www.viralverses, I have shared the link. Um, it tells you all about what's happening and... It brings it all together as a fantastic introduction by Stephen Linstead, who is the editor, and it tells about the endorsements, which obviously have got endorsements. We've got, as I said, Dame Margaret Drabble, and she's a novelist, critic, and biographer. We've also got Kate Pickett that I've mentioned. We've got Stuart Marconi, author and radio presenter, and of course, Millie Johnson, which some of you tuned in will already know. It goes on about the contributors, a brilliant webpage, and there's also... A yeah, uh, there's also a buy. There's also a buy now. Um, there's also a buy now um, page. So if you are wanting, if you if you want to, uh, if you if you want to uh, buy now, I'm just looking because the web it's going a little bit. It's going a little bit slow at the moment. It's not happening at the moment. So that's why I'm laughing. <laughs> but you can. It, it sometime this week. Sometime this week, you will be able. Um, you will be able to pre-order, you'll be able to pre-order the, uh, the book. So it's good, good stuff. Um, good stuff indeed. Poetry is on the scene. And all I said, if you want, if you are looking to, um, if you are looking to get on the, uh, <clears throat> get on the poetry scene, to my knowledge, there's not many, if at all, any sort of open mic, um, any sort of other mics that are as in contact, they're all sort of on, sort of online, and you are quite welcome to um, quite.
quite welcome to join in if you uh, if you want. Well, just looking at the time, the news headlines will be uh, coming up all at the hour of eight o'clock. Couple of songs, and then in, well, in about in about fifteen minutes time, so fifteen twenty minutes time, I will be talking to the one and only Margaret Hollis about magical history stories. Fantastic stuff indeed. So listeners, we're going to take in a couple of tracks which will take us up to the news at eight. And then as I said, I am back with Margaret Hollis. Stay tuned. Driver. Drystone Radio. Embracing everything that's good about Craven. Drystone Radio. Radio. Walk out, Bill, don't you walk out? We've got things to 
FM. On your phone. And here. Play Drystone Radio. This is Drystone Radio. News. Well, we'll just take a look at some of the headlines, both nationally and locally, right here at Drystone Radio on the hour of 8 o'clock. Testing problems to be solved in weeks. Hancock, the health secretary, said the testing policy will be updated shortly to prioritise the most urgent cases. Irish cabinet self-isolating over COVID case alert. The Irish parliament is also adjourned as health minister Stephen Donnelly awaits a COVID-19 test. Families mingling would be breaking rules. Patel, even stopping to talk in the street, could breach the rules, the Home Secretary says. New ways to protect jobs is my number one priority. Chancellor Rishi Sunak says he is looking for creative solutions as unemployment hits a two-year high. And Gary Lineker takes a 400000 takes 400,000 BBC pay cut. The match of the day host may earn less than Radio 2's Zoe Ball, whose pay has shot up by £1 million. And we'll just take a look at some of the headlines making the Craven Herald. A fresh attempt to develop an old indoor riding school near Gargrave has been launched a man has been arrested following reports of a knife incident, criminal damage and a fray in the Craven district. Parking for non-residents is banned on private in a private road in Skipton after claims of verbal abuse and damage to a property. And Craven residents are being urged by council leaders to observe their rule of six and those are just a few of the headlines both locally and nationally on the hour of eight o'clock embracing everything that's good about craven drystone radio radio for skipton Connolly, and sutton we are drystone radio 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 Crazy, I'm crazy for feeling so lonely. I am crazy, 
crazy For thinking that my Stone Radio. Well, 
listeners, welcome back to the second hour, the middle hour, of course, the writer's bookshelf with me, David Driver, and don't sleep in the subway. Well, it's not so bad, it's not too cold at the moment, that of course was the brilliant Fatula Clark, or coming right up as promised, the brilliant Margaret Hollis, or under her author name, M.C. Hollis, and we will be talking about magical history stories. I'm going to get on the phone right now as soon as I press this button to play the brilliant Rolling Stones under my thumb. Stay tuned, because in about three minutes' time, the fantastic lady in question will be live on air. I do apologise, just messed my little bit of beep there with brilliant Mr. Mick Jagger, frontman with the Rolling Stones. I faded the song out and the fantastic powers that I have. If I turn up this button and I say live on the writer's bookshelf, good evening, Margaret Hollis, is she there? She is. Oh, <laughs> I, now I only say that, Margaret. First and foremost, thank you for being a guest on the bookshelf. Please don't be nervous. And the only reason I said that is because a couple of weeks ago, I uh, I had to ring. I was talking to myself. I don't know why it didn't connect in the first time, and I had to ring the guest back. But that that is modern technology, and the good old <laughs> the good old red telephone boxes where 
A lot of these youngsters now, Margaret, they won't know what we are talking about. And when you waited for the beeps and you had that little bit of money from your mum and dad and you popped it in, it never let us down, did it, Margaret? (laughs) And and, and you can, you can phone anywhere in the world and get yourself on the internet and Facebook. But goodness me, sometimes they don't work, do they? So. Okay, I, I I don't know, Margaret, if we've actually met. I do know you are part of the uh, UK Indie Lit Fest, and also you, you both, you and I, are friends with Kate Hames. And uh, Kate, yeah. if you tuned in, I want to say good evening to you and thank you for uh, for for I don't know. It's like I say the word persuading Margaret to be yeah. uh, <laughs> to, to, to be a guest. I have to say, Margaret, we'll talk about the website a little bit later. It's absolutely fantastic. The people know your name. You go under the name of M.C. Hollis. And just yeah. looking, what I like about this is it seems to me that your books are very children, very child-based, if you like. They've got some wonderful yes, pictures, very interactive. <laughs> and I like the idea that you've got family members in there. Because I'm just looking down here. And you, from what I can gather, you started writing The Gregory Adventures and this is based on your eldest grandson, but only when he was a toddler. And then you've toodled off to visit Ripley Castle, and just getting there because mo- when you've started doing that. You've got a you've got a warhound called Rufus, and then yeah. the rest is history. So just elaborate on that. I mean, how old is how old is Gregory now? If you don't mind me asking. Well, he'll probably kill me, but he's thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> so so he's so he's beat. Yeah, what a fantastic oh. age to be, Margaret. Because I mean, obviously, I'm I'm a little bit older than thirteen, but when you're you're a teenager now, lad, and it, and very, it could be cringing. <laughs> so how Absolutely. how old was Gregory when? I mean, what I'm talking about two, about two or three years old then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Two, yeah, we're about two, yeah, Todd lad, yeah. yeah and absolutely. so, where, where where did the original idea go? Because people always say that you've got a, a book in you, a story in you. So obviously, you know, you're married and, and you've got your own children. Now you've brilliant, like you, you when I say move, but you've got the grandchildren, and I'm going to be a yeah. granddad next month. And they tell me it's brilliant oh. because you can you can give them back then. <laughs> you can give them blue smarties and give them coke and get them crazy. And give back. So have you? Um, have you always had an idea that you want to be a writer? I mean, is it, is it, is it, if you don't mind me saying, does it come later in life or through retirement or just through grandchildren? Well, it's, it's, um, come, it's come through sort of like a fourth career change, if you like, because I'm not retiring, put it that way. Right. Um, it's just, I've always had a head full of stories, but never had a chance to write to put them down. Put yes. It that way. But this was an opportunity and I had this story in my head. So I wrote it, um, as you understand, a long time ago. Um and it sort of stayed there. And then the next one, and it wasn't until my husband said, I think you need an illustrator. There's a story here. And I'm going, oh, no, no, no. And there was a story. And eventually found a lovely illustrator in Iceland called Sol. Of all um, places. Goodness me. <laughs> lovely. So um, she she understood my dragons. She understands dragons. She's excellent. Mm-hmm. So um, between us, uh, we've got the, the books illustrated and then published finally. And the adventure continues because I'm writing book four now, which is uh, which will be Gregory and the Sand Dragons because oh. we head towards Egypt on a crusade. So. It's, it's, it's not, I mean, the, the thing is, just... just you said about a fourth, a fourth career change. So where did where did Margaret, where did the oh, working world of Margaret start oh, off with? I mean, what sort of jobs have you been 
up to uh, Margaret, if you don't mind me asking well, that question. <laughs> well, I was a trained teacher. I was oh, yes. I went to Lancaster, St Martin's, and then taught in the Potteries. Yes. And then married and moved up to uh, Bradford, well, up to this area, and taught. And then um, changed, total career change, worked in industry, um, and then started my own company when I was 50 uh, as an events company because mm-hmm. I pulled together music and design and imagination so that did well and then um and i get a bit for, you know a bit further on uh this this all happened you've always you've always had then it um it, it sounds like when you, as soon as you mentioned the word that or, or, or the career of teaching um i mean not only being a mother and obviously now a fantastic <laughs> grandmother you've obviously you've always been interacting with uh, with children yeah. and, I, and i'm probably fair to say it does help it obviously if you've been in the schools you know what works and what yeah. doesn't um and, and and they've all sort of uh, they've all sort of come to life so what um yeah. how what how long did the first book sort of take and did you get people on board i mean probably probably um a strange question to ask to ask a a someone that's been in the world of teaching but did you get people on board with the sort of editing and did did you get a sort of a can you please mark my work sort of thing margaret and get some positive feedback yes not until not to the latest one which is ellen and the king that's the latest one i've just published yes yes um where i've got that um a proper well, editorial and edited um, the girl in America who mm-hmm. was very intrigued with our history, of course. Um, and she said this problem. I got a very good editorial, good comment from her, which has encouraged me again because you don't know. You start off, you put the story down, you have a lot to learn, um, and then you have to make changes and you have to accept changes as well. That's a difficult one because mm-hmm. your work is perfect until. It's always hard. I, I always think yeah. as a as a as a writer, whether it, whether it's a short story, children's story, poetry. I, I mean, you're probably fair to say, Margaret. You, everyone thinks that they have written the best sort of piece ever, Absolutely. and and it's fair to say it's a very it's a very lonely journey, and you're lost in your own thoughts, and you conjure up all these fantastic yeah. characters and fantastic world, and then all of a sudden. It's very hard for someone to say, I would change this little video. Did, did you feel, I have to be careful what I say to a, a mother and really a terrible. grandma. Did, yeah. did, did, you, did, you feel, did you feel a bit like a dragon yourself and started to roar, oh, roar some fire and say, how dare you criticise my work? <laughs> Absolutely. It's like being not quite back at school, but you go, my work's perfect. <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> you learn the hard way. <laughs> it, it, I've, I've got the page up now and I have to say, Ellen, and the king, and I, I, I yeah. do like, I do like the colour of. I'm, I'm assuming that the yeah. young girl in front with the white dress on and the arms folded is Ellen, That's and Ellen. and I do like, I do like the colour of hair. Nice choice. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I have to say, I, I think it's brilliant. When when who? How did the website come about? Because looking at that, I've clicked on the... It's obviously the Magical History Stories. And what I like yeah. about that is we've got the dragon to the right, a green dragon to the right, actually moving. And I would describe the gentleman to the left. You see, the first thick word that popped into my mind was a Saracen. I don't, that's what I'm thinking, the guy. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. I mean, just talk, and then at the bottom we've we've got we've got a we've got the great we've got a, a great that's the Irish Wolfhound I believe a, a Wolfhound. Yeah, so, so just, I mean, just just talk us through some some of the characters. So who is who who's the Saracen guy? Or, or do, who is, uh, is he a baddie? Is he a bad man? Ghost? No, he's good. He he guards um, the Green Eye of the Saracen, which is an emerald, which yes. was given to Gregory's grandfather. Um, for saving the life of the Emir in uh, one of the Crusades, mm-hmm. so that that's, that lives in the castle and it's guarded by a ghost, the Saracen. So that's the Saracen ghost. <laughs> so, so, the, so the gentleman I'm talking about. So, he, so he yeah. he is a Saracen ghost. He's good. Oh, yes. he's And let's let's talk about the dragon because I, I'm going to guess now. Yeah. I can only get right or wrong here. I'm just looking at the eyes and the teeth, and mm. I think that is maybe a nasty <laughs> dragon. Is that a bad dragon? Yeah, um, in a way, not a soft middle, but he's very fierce, absolutely <laughs> fierce. Oh, yeah, he's, uh, he likes emeralds, yes, he likes yeah. it. So, we've got there's a theme with it, the sort of emeralds. I like that. So, again, <laughs> and then we've got the the is that is that Rufus, did we say? Yes, with the, the yes. so that's yes, Rufus, the high the Irish wolfhound. Yes, he can he can speak. Oh, he can brilliant, speak yes, he speaks. Now is is Rufus is Rufus based because just reading the bio, um, and Kate you can phone Kate up or call around to the house later. She's told me a bit more. I'm only joking. Um, am I right in saying? I think I'm right in saying that some of the characters or some of the some of the characters featured in your books are from your own sort of world, you know, in real life world. So does, yeah. is Rufus? It, I mean, have you do you have an Irish wolfhound or someone in your family has a no, similar no, we, dog? No, we just got some. No, we don't have anything of that. That's that, that size. No, yes. uh, Westies at the minute. But we don't have anything. But if I had one, I would have. That's what I'd have now. <laughs> it, it would run around the garden. No, no, it's terrible. But I'll... my grandchildren, each of the grandchildren, come up and go, Grandma, we'd like you. In one of, we'd like to be in one of your books. <laughs> so the latest one, which is Ellen the King, yes. the girl on the horse, is 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 the youngest grandchild. And she comes into the story, so that one is two heroines in that one. <laughs> it, I think I think it's absolutely fantastic. So am I? Am I presuming then that the uh, that the children? I'm just looking underneath the uh, underneath the dragon, and and we've got a couple of characters there. We've got a guy yeah. with it looks like some black boots. Or well, there's got a girl. He's he, he barefooted. Were those two characters? Tell us about those. Yeah, they're, they're all cousins. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Brother and sister and a little cousin. Yeah. So he comes into the third book. Um, yes, Isabella comes into the second book. She's Gregory's sister, so they all come into the um, stories mm-hmm. uh, in the Gregory series. Um, so those three are in that book. And then um, the Winter Dog is based outside Edinburgh because I'm half Scottish. So I, you're still there, aren't you? I am indeed. So, yeah. Yes, no, don't worry. I'll, I'll just absorb it. I'll just, I'll just take it in the fact that you're half Scottish. No, I'm only, I'm only joking. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Look, I know. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm only having a laugh. I'm only having a laugh with you, Margaret. <laughs> I'm still here. So that's where that connection comes from. We've got yeah. El- we've got Ellen in the middle, obviously with the with the ginger hair or the red hair. And who are the three characters to we've got a little a little boy, is that a little boy with the blondish hair? We've got a guy in the middle with a sword. And to be honest, I hope I hope this I don't upset any of your family. We've got another lady and she looks a bit sulky to me or a little bit cross. No, no, she's because she's um, set back in the twelfth century, you see, so uh, or thirteenth century. Right. 
Um, so girls have to do as they're told, really. But in that book, wow, you have to read it to find out what she does and doesn't do. So it's great. Oh, I, 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 I like that. So let's stay with, with the characters because I, I, I've had this. It's interesting. Yeah. How you said with the with the artist or, or the artwork that you, that you obviously you've got someone on board with you um, f- from Norway and I I connected with a lady from Japan of all places and my Japanese is is pretty pretty poor to be honest I speak zero Japanese and she actually contacted me and said and and I I had to sort of send descriptions of the characters it was such a fascinating sort of story which is but it's not about me uh this evening so how did you find it when i'm sure you can appreciate you are describing the characters you've got a character in your head and all of a sudden a lady from norway or you i would imagine the lady i I would imagine that you you can both well obviously you can speak english i can imagine that the, the your friend in norway can speak english yeah yes yeah so so that does break down a few barriers um, very, very sorry, well, go on, Margaret. Yeah, she speaks beautiful English. Yeah, she has a sort of Celtic um, understanding. Fantastic. Um, quite interesting. So to describe but of our history, I have to tell her quite a lot of our history because, of course, yes. this Icelandic, she, she doesn't know our history. So that's part of the reason for writing the books, but mm-hmm. to get send a lot of detail across and sort of ex- explain exactly what I want um, of the characters. And, of course, for the children, I can send a photograph, which is quite useful. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So, yeah, well, yeah, so the, 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 the children or, or the child characters that I've been talking about, so they are, as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, I've already said, about the link to your family, so they are actually the, the, so when so when the kids or when your grandchildren look at those pictures, they're like they've been sort of cartoonized, aren't they? You know, it's all they've been. It's sort of like going into a a Mary a Mary Poppins type um, adventure. That's right. That's the one. It's fa- I think that is what a fantastic sort of idea. Yeah. So apart from the children. Because obviously, like you said, you've got the photographs and get it right. Possibly with the claws, you might just tweak it. How many sort of drafts did we have on the Saracen ghost and the the dragon? A few not or many. Not, many? not many? Not many. No, she understood my dragon because he yes. can grow, he can shrink, and he's uh, very naughty and um, can do quite bad things occasionally. And um, then he can disappear and, or he can shrink down and hide and travel with them and they don't know. So all sorts of things go on. But she seemed to understand my, the dragon and the cave and his want for gold and um, jewels. Yes, we were there. <laughs> I th- do you know, so the more I look at this, I, I, and I, I'll say it again, I do, I do think it is very, very much, it's, it's certainly, it's certainly child-friendly. And, you know, I think anybody, I will share some of the links, obviously. I just think, you know, anybody who's, who's tuned in or anybody catching up on the, on the podcast, I mean, well done for the, for the uh, website because, you know, talking to you, you've got all the stories there and the books leading yeah. on. So what's, what sort of, sort of feedback are we, uh, are, are you getting, Margaret? You know, are you, have you, um, have you got, because obviously, let's face it, kids are, are honest and brutal, really, aren't they? So, what, what, what yeah. sort of feedback are you, um, are you getting from the, uh, from the stories and, and possibly some of the adults? Yes, on the whole, um, the lady, one of the teachers, well, one teacher friend of mine, um, had a good look at Ellen and the King and she said she couldn't put it down and she read it twice. So, oh my goodness, thank you mm-hmm. very much. 
that was excellent. Thank you. That really helped me. And with the winter dog as well, um, I've had very good feedback. And then um, if I ask one of the, the grandchildren to read it, I, I get very honest, do get honest comments. I'm mm-hmm. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's good stuff. And if we, if we go back to the sort of history, obviously we all know now that you've been in the world of teaching. So are you, are, do you sort of, sort of cross-examine how much sort of history and actual fact is, is actually in the book? Because I do think, obviously, kids, uh, talking dogs, dragons, the <laughs> Saracen ghost, no, all, all that is absolutely fantastic. And I'm sure, obviously, you, know, you, you are, or you probably read things like uh, The Hobbit and The Lion, The Witch and The Wardrobe, which is all brilliant. And in some respects... It might be on a similar theme, but that is a that is pure fiction, a completely fictitious world. But you, when you talk about uh, magical history stories, and you've already talked about the Saracen ghost, is history one of your favourite subjects? Um, yes. and, and have you have you sort of got someone else on board? Have you have you sort of made sure? It's, obviously, if children are going to interact, and obviously the, the parents and grandparents, have you been sort of really had to be so stringent on getting your historical facts correct have you made any few a few errors or are you uh... i'm bound to have done but i've tried very hard to keep it um to sort of introduce the history in a fun mm. way yes um, okay the years might not be quite exact but it's trying to keep their interest to get the mm. um to read read bigger words uh, good vocabulary and get the history into them in a fun way that that was the that was the intention from the beginning mm-hmm. i just wanted to do that to sort of put that back give that bit back if you know what i mean um to get to get children to make history fun because it's important but do it from a from a, a reading to get them to read as well mm-hmm. you know it would be great so that's how it is but it's it's starting sort of to develop the stories develop and i think hopefully writing you have to learn to develop so we're getting there i hope <laughs> i i think you are because like you say i mean i mean it sounds to me that you know like you are sort of pressing all the right buttons pushing all the right buttons because again it, it's so critical that children you know you need to learn to read and i think there's such a divide when with sort of and you'll know this from your um school days shall i say as in um there's a time to read when it's sort of you know um the sort of academic side but there, it's the reading for pleasure and kicking in that yeah. concentration. And like you said, yeah. put that history in there and get the uh, the characters in there and make it believable. And okay. it, to me, it just leads on to uh, sort of bigger and better things. And also it's good that parents and grandparents can can join in. And, and, and so how did you go on with the words with the, you mentioned about getting the sort of the, getting the sort of bigger words in. So what age group would you say the books are? specifically aimed for what sort of age well, group i think the well the, the gregory and the green knight um series if you're a good reader i would think six seven upward yes uh, those uh, to, to keep their interest mm-hmm. uh, there are chapters that aren't too onerous and um, that's a comment from the um i've got the length of chapters about mm. right good american um, lady that looked at the books um it's to keep their interest and make them want to read the next chapter Mm-hmm. Um, right, so it's ongoing. Put it that way, um, and not put them off with too thick a book. But when obviously when they get onto the uh, the excellent readers, you've got to let that go. But just to get the taste of, and just mm-hmm. to get that—that that was the idea to put to put back. But I've always had a lot, got a lot from reading and from 
my history, sort of passion for reading, passion for history. So to combine the two, this is um, one of my ga- my goals anyway. <laughs> so hopefully we'll it, achieve it's looking it's looking good. So how how did the uh, how did the website come about? Because like I said, who and who actually is that? Is, have you got someone on board with the website, or have you uh, have you done it yourself? Who, who's actually put the website together? It's a fantastic website. We just put um, Kate's given me a lot of help, but it's um, uh, the print simply print at um, Shipley. They put, they put the initial one up, and Kate then has helped um, put it all together, which is lovely. So we've um, we, we can put it put add to. Um, and make it lively, and mm-hmm. um, you know that's I hope will encourage people to um, go in there and have a look. I- I th- I think it will. Yeah, it's very it's very colourful and very sort of yeah. uh, it's 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 very sort of interactive. Now, what what can we expect from the future? Because you've gone in to uh, obviously you've gone in, like you say, around about six or seven years of age. So have you considered possibly you could go either way because you want to get people reading. So I believe that your the you know these books could work as in going maybe right back to basics where you could just have maybe one or two words or a sentence for even earlier readers. Or have have you, and obviously as your grandchildren get older, I think we said Gregory, we'll we'll get Gregory on the, embarrass him a little bit further because obviously that's what you do with grandchildren. Um, He's he's 13. Anybody know Greg? He's 13. Um, And obviously as he gets older, I mean, he might obviously 16, 17 and gets out of the building. Have you thought about um, sort of taking your stories or when I say to a more um, adult audience I don't mean that in some sort of you know what way I mean I mean have you, have you thought of uh, possibly developing the stories into a 300 novel page novel or is that I just want to stick away where Margaret well we can um, take that onward which which we can do but we've just um when I was in Italy about three years ago I wrote a little story about the baby dragon of Vesuvius and we've just got that storybook up and it's yes back. Daughter has um, illustrated that one for me. Um, Sol hasn't done these, um, she has. And these are lovely little, it's a little story about the baby dragon. And we've got a baby dragon family, and that's aimed at very little children. And we're just going about to put up um, an activity book on that one, and a very simple first reader, baby dragon's first reading book, um, and, a, and a little cut out theatre. So oh, just- the cut out theatre, <laughs> yes. I used to love doing that when I was little, cutting up. <laughs> yes, yeah. Do you know I'm, I'm I'm lost there now. So I like you the ba- the baby dragon of uh, of um, v- um, Vesuvius. Yeah, the the uh, the uh, volcano. Now also also just tell us because you, you did mention that you are half Scottish. It's telling me here you've also got the uh, the Callum adventures and yeah. the obviously set in nineteenth century Scotland. And the first book called The Winter Dog. So yeah. just tell us tell us a bit about that one, Margaret, please. Well, that was a strange one because my another little grandson, Callum, came in one day, not looking very happy. What's the <sighs> you? And school had been reading, so I'm sorry about school, uh, about the boy that cried wolf. And the wolf came in and ate the boy in his bed. So Callum wasn't very happy. Um, so that triggered a whole story in my head. And I wrote The Winter Dog. So you can guess that The Winter Dog isn't a, just a dog, but he's a very friendly... Well, could have been Fierce Wolf, but he isn't. Um, and the whole adventure set outside Edinburgh, where my ancestors um, settled from Glencoe. Yes. Um, that was all there. And that all just came... It, that Sometimes these ideas just trigger a whole story 
and it's quite exciting when that happens. I just have to disappear and, and write them <laughs> when that happens. But that um, helped. That that's what inspired that one, and it was for Callum that book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that. And, and also, also, you, you, you was also telling me uh, we've spoken about that. I always think that talking animals, any sort of animals that talk, are fantastic. It's always going to be a, a fantastic hit with the with the younger readers. And yeah. the time travel, I, I'm assuming, this it always intrigues me, because I've interviewed many sort of people on the writer's bookshelf, and it's obviously, it's quite apparent, you know, you love your family, you're loving your grandkids, it's a fantastic job you're doing. And to me, I always look at it two ways when people say about the time travel. Either it could be some sort of science, uh, sci-fi adventure and the Doctor Who-esque and that sort of thing, and actually time travel, or... Yeah. Um, yourself you already said that you are a, a history sort of buff is that because you want to sort of um sometimes get a little bit more history in there or or interesting yeah. to get i mean i'm just looking down here and it's saying you know we've, we've talked about the uh the uh english civil war and obviously you've got yeah. ancestors in scotland and you've, and you've talked about celtic britain does it sort of fascinate you what would happen if yeah. if different people from our more colourful history, if if they came sort of face to face and moved them around time, am I sort of right in assuming that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we <laughs> need to teach a lot more about our own history. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned the Civil War; people assume it's the American Civil War. Yes, go, but what about our Civil War, which is absolutely fascinating? Mm-hmm. And I think children should know. So, in Ellen and the King, I've actually taken her back. She actually time travelled back to the Civil War. That's mm-hmm. my. Um, and that was a that was a um, fascinating one to write, and it, it, I, I set it. Um, in the Civil War affected the whole of Britain, but um, this one particularly was set back into the little town where I was born and brought up in Cheshire. Mm-hmm. That were knowledge, so it's sort of write about what you know as well has to come into it, um, with with um, a sort of a, a knowledge of of your own. Then you have a confidence to write. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to get your facts right, obviously. Uh, that point of view but that that was an interesting one to write so she travels back but um the next one for that will be ellen and the prince because uh prince charles edward stewart's army actually came through cheshire down to derby through the little town um so that's the next one that's ready (laughs) we'll be ready it's, it's brilliant because you, you, you like I said, you know, you take it and you, you, you also hit on, on a good point there. Um, uh, you know, people say, what shall I write about? And, you know, you might, people might think, well, I'm not going to be, I'm not, I, you know, people like J.K. Rowling and Stephen King and they always pick a real sort of heavyweight of the, of the writing world. But you've just made a really good point there saying, write about what you enjoy uh, or anything you enjoy and also what you know. So, Obviously, you yeah. mentioned about Cheshire, you mentioned about Scotland, and, yeah. you know, m- myself, you know, where I'm sort of born and bred, there's no point in me sort of writing, uh, well, there's no point in me tackling Scotland or Wales or down in London, because I've only been a visitor there, so it makes sense, yeah. and also yeah. it makes it believable. You know, I think people think, most people might think my life's boring, or but if you make, like you say, you're mixing the dragons and the yeah. and, and, and yeah. a little bit of a Saracen ghost like you do, but the story rolls on simply because yeah. you you could describe the streets, you could go back to certain decades, and it's believable because you've been there and you have yeah. experienced it's, it. You know, it's so easy to yeah. do it that yeah. way. 
Yes, it happened. Yes, well, it didn't happen in my lifetime. No, not in the. <laughs> no, I know, Margaret. You, you weren't part of the English Civil War. Even I know that. <laughs> Unless you are a time traveller yourself, you're not a time traveller, are you? <laughs> That's lovely. No, have you have you thought of them um, sort of doing um, getting your sort of teeth into not not literally, but getting your teeth into the uh, into the Tudors? Or oh, yeah. Is that, yes. I mean, I, most people I speak to, my, my wife and uh, youngest daughter, in fact, most people that, uh, you know, have a real passion for yeah. history, they, they always seem to, I mean, love him or love him. Good old Henry always comes out and then they move on to, <laughs> obviously, Elizabeth I. I just think um, mm. there's so much scope in the Tudor dynasty. Is that is that something you might want to tackle yeah, in, uh, in the forthcoming years? <laughs> no? Yes, absolutely, because I have a knowledge of that, yes. Um, I've definitely got, um, there's, there's a lot of scope there to you, do. Yes, absolutely. And and, uh, sorry, Margaret, I, just, I didn't quite hear you there, I don't know if it's a bad line. What did you say? I do apologise. Sorry. Um, and, and even further back, we forget about the Wars of the Roses. We forget yes. about the pertinent points of our history that we've forgotten um, pre, pre sort of conqueror. The, that part of sort of 800s is absolutely fascinating that, again, we don't teach or know very little about. Um, there's an awful lot of scope there as well to, to go back. Mm-hmm. So, a lot to do. <laughs> is, is there any, dare I ask, is any, it's probably, maybe, I don't know, maybe you might not agree with this, is there any sort of, any part of history where you wouldn't want to go or would you might feel no. uncomfortable writing about? Or do you think your books or your style no. of writing could take you Sort of anywhere. Anywhere, yes, I think so. Because I have a story I've started um, set on one of Nelson's warships. Yes, um, so I've started that one. Uh, yes, there's an awful lot to do, and the Industrial Revolution absolutely fascinates me as well. So there's, um, there's, there's every bit you can go to the sort of pertinent, I say, the pertinent bits of history that um, a lot of children don't don't realise, and we don't know because we're not teaching it the same anymore. Mm-hmm. Romans. Egyptians, but they didn't have a lot to do here. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, uh, the, I don't think the Egyptians have contributed <laughs> much to. <laughs> that contribu- contributed now to Yorkshire. <laughs> no, I don't think this is much. But um, that's what's been taught. So that's why I would like to, to children just to just to plant that little seed of um, a bit of to find out a bit more about what happened here. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, quite an interesting past. <laughs> so, so why, why, do, where do you think? I can't really say where do you think it, it went wrong. But obviously, you, you know, a lot of people that I speak to, obviously, I've got my memories of school, and I'm sure you have. And <laughs> you mentioned about the about obviously teaching, and all you sort of hear now in the schools is, oh, it's all testing, and it's all, mm-hmm. um, it's not really about. I can't really say well. Sort of widely speaking, such would be statement. It's not really about teaching; it's about getting the figures and the facts. And I mean, would you agree with that? Or where where would you say that sort of loosely where teaching has gone wrong? Do you, do you think teaching is has lost its fun and especially sort of history? Do you, or do you think sometimes they pick the wrong sort of parts of history to to, uh, to deliver in the classroom? What's your thoughts on that, Margaret? I don't think it's a teacher's fault. I think it's to do with the national curriculum, which is the same year on year. And when I first taught, you could choose a subject. It all had to be put into the headmistress and the year plans and plans and everything. But um, you you could take the children through an interesting part, whereas now it's got to be the same year on year. So Mm. I think that's very interesting to teach 
teach the same thing you, year on year. Do you think it just gets a little bit sort of? Do you think it gets, it gets a little bit repetitive over? And, and do you think? Do you think it sometimes puts the 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 kids off? Do you think it puts? Do you think it, I can't? I don't want to use the word boring, but do you think it does sort of put them off ultimately? I think when I was at college, we were told you could teach any subject to any age, any time. So you, but you've got to teach. You've got to still keep that fabulous enthusiasm. You've got to get it out there and get it in. So mm. if you're doing the same thing year on year, um, that's not going to be very easy. <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs> it's not. I'm only. I'm being a bit naughty because I, I work. I work in a college, and and I think we're everybody. I think regardless of being in a college, a university, or or a school, you know, I think obviously, I think it's the same. Um, sort of across the sort of board where you know when you mention the word fun and enjoying and having a little bit of a free reign, if you like, yeah. it's very sort of um controlling, you know, and. Uh, you know, I think it's sometimes a shame when you can when you see yeah. um, a little bit of natural talent in anything you're teaching, or you feel you see someone that just wants to come out of their shell and and you really want to sort of be a little bit silly and just really get them interested, but you can't because you you sort of have to work within boundaries and restrictions, which is not a good thing, Margaret, is it? Right. <laughs> it it's not, is it? Well, I'm yeah. just looking. What we'll do now is we mentioned. People tuned in, so we'll we'll have a little bit of last for a few minutes, and and obviously I've got to put in a few songs before you go, Margaret. Um, what is what is on the cards? Because what Kate's done is, I'm sure that you can clear this up. And I have a list. Um, I have a list of uh, sort of books here. I think you've mentioned about Gregory and the Green Knight, and that's the second edition that's just been released last week. But also, I've got Gregory and the Green Eye coming soon, and Gregory and the Green Dragon coming soon, and Gregory and the Sand Dragons coming soon. So it's when it says coming soon, have we got any specific dates regarding coming or further coming soon? Well, Gregory and the Green Eye of the Saracen is you can get a copy of that. So um, that's out now. That, 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 that is available, yes? There's going to be a second edition, but it won't be much different. No. And Gregor and the Green Dragon is, is there. Um, yes. I could edit that, but I think that one's fairly... Fairly. Okay, so, one. so, so there's no, so there's no real, there's no real um, difference to the, to the second edition. So the burning question is, what date have we got for Gregory and the Sand Dragons? Because all I've got is coming soon. And young I mean, Kate Hames, young Kate Hames has put a load of exclamation marks. So what does that mean, Margaret? What does it mean? Get my head down now and get that. <laughs> is it going to? Is it going to be? A t- is it going to be twenty twenty or is it going to sneak into twenty twenty one? Do you think? Well, it would be very nice if it was um, possibly twenty one the beginning if we can't. Yeah, yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we, we won't. I won't record this and, and, and no. hold you to it now. <laughs> I, I'm only joking. So the books are out now, and hopefully um, early twenty twenty one for Gregory and the Sand Dragons. Um, anyone tuned in and thinking? I tell you what, what a lovely lady. We can connect with Margaret Hollis. Where, what sort of platforms? Obviously, you're on Facebook. Where, where can we get in touch, or, or where can other people sort of contact you, Margaret, if they want to find out a little bit more about you? Um, okay, well, certainly through through the website, which is www.magicalhistorystories.com. Yes. Or, or info at magicalhistorystories.com. Mm-hmm. 
That's the easiest way, I think, through the website. Just, just through the website. And I, and I have posted that. And I know you've, there's been a few posts going Facebook. around, but I will post that again. Yeah. Yeah, we're on Facebook and we're on Twitter. Which is, which, uh, where where can we get the books from? I mean, are the books, um, um, are they, yeah. is it through Amazon or any other any yeah. other places we can get the books from? Well, at the moment, it's through Amazon. Yes. We're looking for another publisher at the moment, later. But at the minute, it's through Amazon. So um, the Winter Dog, Ellen and the King, they're all up there. Um, from the website, there's a link through to Amazon, mm-hmm. which will be lovely. And the Baby Dragon of Vesuvius. <laughs> uh, do you know I like that? I, uh, I've just read The Baby Dragon of Vesuvius, a collaboration with Margaret and her daughter, illustrator Sarah Earle, The Baby Dragon of Vesuvius, helps children learn different colours and will also soon... Um, goes on about your activity book. I think it's absolutely brilliant because it's just getting people um, interested in, uh, well, just getting people reading. Yeah. yeah. So, so just clearing up about Amazon. If you go to Amazon and let's clear this up. Obviously, when, when you write, you know, obviously you, Margaret is your name, but you write under the pen name of it's MC Hollis. Oh, is that correct? MC. Dot C dot Hollis. Yeah. Yeah, so it was hopefully J.K. Rowling, and she went up as J.K. Rowling. Mm-hmm. Um, I went up as that. Was hopeful. You never know. You never know. No, but if people, you know, people typing in, if you type that into your Amazon search, you will, you'll find it. And yeah. so, any, any, anything else, anything sort of in the pipeline? I know we're saying twenty twenty one for Gregory and the Sand Dragons, but anything yeah. else up your sleeve? Any, any. Firsts, any sort of um, exclusives for the writer's bookshelf regarding any sort of places in history we might be going later on in 2021? Well, Let's have a snippet, might, Margaret. Come on. We might be going into a battle. Um, Nelson's fleet. You never know. Oh, I, well, as soon as you said you never know, that, mean, that means we are. Yes, I think <laughs> we might be. <laughs> and are we? Are we? Are you still, obviously, I know it says about... Um, Daughter illustrator Sarah Earl, but what about the the illustrator, your good friend over in uh, in Norway? Oh. Is she on board? Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yes. She's ready for the sand dragons. I said, "Are you ready for some sand dragons?" <laughs> <laughs> and and on the second to last sort of question, have you picked up any Norwegian? Can you speak any words? Can you speak it's any of the things? It's no. what's it, Margaret? You know. Iceland. No, I can't even pronounce her surname. No, I can just, just call her soul. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, you're a bit, you are a little bit like me there, as in some, sometimes you look at names and I, I really, I'm probably a little bit rubbish at uh, languages and I just think, no, I just cannot, uh, I cannot pronounce it. It's beyond me. Right. But oh. So, Margaret, any sort of, any, any sort of final words, any, any messages, if anybody's tuned in, um, and obviously it has been really sort of strange times of COVID-19. Don't have to remind you of that. I'm sure you've been sort of battling on with your own family. And I'm sure your books have given people a little bit of hope and kept them happy and, and quite sane in lockdown times. But anyone tuned in, what advice would you give anyone that thinks, do you know what? I've got grandchildren or I've got a book that I want to write. How, what advice would you give them, Margaret? I would say get writing, put it down, write it, just just write it, have the confidence, either write it, um, if you write longhand, I type 
on the computer, just get the ideas down, get it down, because you might surprise yourself. What do you and, do, and just and just go <laughs> and, and just and just go from there and and keep yes, it going. Brilliant. Yeah. Any any sort of final words, Margaret? I'm, I'm just looking at the time and I've got a couple of songs to sneak in. There's about, there's about sort of, I don't know, about eight and a half minutes before we're going to go up to the news at, uh, at nine o'clock. So any, any sort of final words anybody want to say hello to? I know Kate might be tuned in, but if you're going to speak to Kate, don't get cross with her. Just, just tell no, her off no. a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> any, any sort of final words before we, before we uh, depart, thank, company? Thank you very much and thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak to you it's, well it's, about my books that's wonderful thank you very much i indeed. like it. it it is my pleasure margaret and obviously mm-hmm. when when the when times do get a little bit better obviously i'm only offering the uh, the telephone interviews but obviously when we can get guests back into the studio or one of the studios then i would certainly like to meet you face to face and, uh, oh, and we can talk a little bit more. It's just been a yeah. little bit hard, obviously. It's, it's quite easy to sort of broadcast, but obviously we can't sort of get anybody in to the studio at the moment. But you are on, you're on my guest list, or maybe hit list. No, I'm only joking. You're on, you're, you're on my, uh, you're on, you're on my get, you're on my guest list to uh, to get <laughs> into the studio, Margaret. Once again, thank you. You're not, you're not by chance. You're not drinking. You're not drinking a little bit more gin whilst you are talking to no, me, are you? <laughs> You've just. You've just got, I think you've just, I think you're just a giggly person, aren't you, Margaret? Yes. It's a, I always like, I always like a giggly, a giggly person. Well, Margaret, once again, thank you for taking the time to yeah, chat to me. You. And, um, I, oh, just, just before, just before you go, just bear with me because are you, I think you might know, um, I think you might know Kate, uh, not Kate, obviously, I think you might know, um, Elaine Chiswick, am I right in saying that? Elaine Chiswick, because I'm just I'm just looking at some of the messages, and Elaine Chiswick is part of the. I know you connected with some people on the um, UK Indie Leak Fest, and I can't remember yeah. everyone there. Yeah. And Elaine, <laughs> a lovely lady from South Shields. Anyway, yeah. I um, I'm just looking now because I've got that many pages opened up in front of me, and a few messages have. Um, have come in and Elaine Chiswick is she's tuned in and she's saying she's obviously liking everything you're saying and she just said Margaret is spot on just right so Elaine Elaine Chiswick so all the way up sunny South Shields telling you that you are spot on brilliant stuff indeed Margaret well thank you thank you for being a guest you're welcome back on the bookshelf anytime good luck with all your uh, future pro uh projects and finally keep those grandchildren under control oh. especially oh, gregory yeah. now he's turned into oh, a teenager oh, don't yeah. let you don't let him get it getting any ideas above his station mm-hmm. keep oh, him oh. keep him under keep him under wraps margaret yeah <laughs> <laughs> right you you take care and we'll speak thank very you. very soon goodbye for now thank margaret you. it's a pleasure take care bye bye thank you bye bye well there you go listeners the one and only, the one and only Margaret Hollis, a.k.a. M.C. Hollis. Brilliant stuff indeed. And, and I have to say, and I'm not just saying this, I've got all the um, 
I've got all the links and I will post it out again. If you do have children, if you have children, um, you know, I said, I think judging by that, certainly no more than, um, I think if you've got children sort of under 12, I mean, Margaret, to, you could say, you know, six or seven. So I'm sort of surmising if you've got kids or if you've got children or grandchildren that um, want to really interact. I'll, honest, I'll be honest with you, I haven't read any of the books, but they do look absolutely fantastic, very interactive. And the web page is brilliant. And I'm sure, you know, get the book, read it alone if you're a stronger reader, or you may well be able to interact as a parent or grandparent. And uh, I have to say, I think you did a really fantastic job with the uh, with the web page. If you get into the sort of stories and follow it, and moving through different places in time, good stuff indeed. So please check it out, and I will post the uh, I'll post a link. Good stuff indeed. And Margaret, if you are still tuned in, it is of course my pleasure. Thank you for being a guest on the show, and. Um, as I said, hopefully we shall uh, we'll get you on the show as in in the studio. So that is the one and only Margaret Hollis, aka MC Hollis. Brilliant stuff indeed. I'm just looking at the time, and we've got time to fit in one more song before the news headlines on the hour of nine o'clock. And yes, I'm going to put this one in. It's cameo and word up.
FM. On your phone. And here. Play Drystone Radio. This is Drystone Radio. News. Well, we'll just take a look at some of the headlines at nine o'clock. Testing problems to be solved in weeks. Hancock says the health secretary said the testing policy will be updated shortly to prioritise the most urgent cases. The Irish cabinet has self-isolated over a COVID case alert. The Irish parliament is also adjourned as Health Minister Stephen Donnelly awaits a COVID-19 test. Families mingling would be breaking the rules, uh, Patel says. Even stopping to talk in the street could breach the rules, the Home Secretary says. New ways to protect jobs. My number one is my number one priority. Chancellor Rishi Sunak says he is looking for creative solutions as unemployment hits a two-year high. And Gary Lineker takes a £400,000 BBC pay cut. The match all the day host may earn less than Radio 2's Zoe Ball, whose pay has shot up by £1 million. And just some of the headlines making the Craven Herald. A fresh attempt to develop an old indoor riding school near Gargrave is underway. A man has been arrested following reports of a knife incident, criminal damage and a fray in the district. Parking for non-residents banned on a private road in Skipton after claims of verbal abuse and damage to property. And Craven residents have, have been urged by council leaders to observe the rule of six. And those are just a few of the headlines, both nationally and locally, right here at Drystone Radio. Drystone Radio. Drystone Radio. Live and local for Craven. On FM, online, on mobile, and on tablet. Listen live via the free tuning app for Apple and Android devices. Find out more at drystoneradio.com. The Writer's Bookshelf on Drystone Radio.
Hilton Hall to East Riddleston Hall. Drystone Radio. Calling all local businesses. Calling all local businesses. Do you want to increase sales or drive new promotions? Do you want to get in touch with existing and new customers? Here at Drystone Radio, we understand that and want to help you develop your business. With a broadcast area that reaches out to a potential 60,000 homes and a variety of cost-effective packages, why not advertise with us? After all, if you are listening, so are your customers. Contact our sales team by email, sales at drystoneradio.com. The Writer's Bookshelf on Drystone Radio.
Well, listeners, welcome back to the third and final hour of the Writer's Bookshelf. With, of course, me, David Driver. And, once again, thank you to Margaret, the brilliant Margaret Hollis, with Magical History Stories. She's been a guest on the Writer's Bookshelf. Good stuff indeed. Just a shame. I don't mean that in a bad way. Just a shame that uh, uh, she's would have been talking by telephone. But that's been the case for the last six months. In fact, the uh, the last guest I had in or interviewed in the studio live was, of course, Ali Rhodes. I think that just that might have been the twenty, no, the seventeenth. If my memory is serving me correctly, I think the first uh, broadcast from the Gingerlicious Studios right here in the heartland of God's Own County, Silsden, was Tuesday the twenty fourth. So that would make it Tuesday the seventeenth. And so I haven't had a had a live guest. I haven't interviewed anyone face to face since March the uh, the 17th. It's just about, it's, it, well, it, 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 it's six months. It's six months, um, I think, today since we've had a live guest. And it'll be six months um, next week, next Tuesday, I believe, since I've been broadcasting from the uh, the Gingerlicious Studios. But what can I do and what can, uh, and what can I say? But good stuff indeed. I will, in, I will encourage you yet again to check out the website. It's www.magicalhistorystories.com. Um, just give it, just give it a look, give it a check out. I'm sure that you will, uh, I'm sure you'll like it. But if you are tuned in for the first time or think I haven't seen David in a while, I can offer you the two spots. The, the show, obviously, as you all well know, runs from 7 pm right through until 10 pm. So if you want a slot on, on the, uh, on the show, I can offer the, I can offer you around about a 45 minute, 50, 45 to uh, 50 minute slot. So if you want the, uh, if you want the quarter past, um, you can have quarter past eight or well, about 10 past quarter past eight up to about 10 to nine and 10 past quarter past eight, uh, nine ish up to, uh, 10 to 10. So we've got around about 45, 50 minutes slot and we're going to just have a good old chinwag. You can share some of your poetry or you could share some of your stories. And as I've said, and all the other fantastic presenters at Drystone Radio keep saying, we've got the wonderful James Proctor right on there, right on the money every morning craving at breakfast. We've got Steve Brown on the drive time. We've got Pete. We've got Ian Mayer coming up when I depart at 10 o'clock for Anyway, the wind blows. And we've got Jane Steele on the airwaves tomorrow from 10 a.m. right through to 1 o'clock in the afternoon with Over the Dry Stone Wall. And all of us, each and every one, I keep informing you that, yes, we are broadcasting into the fantastic town known as Ilkley, obviously on 102 FM, so any writers out there, do have a few connections out there, might be talking, having a chat with Bradford Library, see if we can't get a live event. So if you know anyone that is a writer, poet, or weaving the wonderful words in the area of Ilkley, get in touch. How can you do that? It's david.driver at drystoneradio.com. Or as I've said, we've got Drystone Radio, the writer's bookshelf. We've been to the Arthur G. Mustard Gingerlicious poetry page. You can get in touch with me via Facebook uh, Facebook Messenger and all roads lead to uh, lead to Rome and you could be a guest on the show brilliant in 
indeed. So what can, what do you think we should do now? I'll tell you what I do now. We're gonna chat about the the gingerlicious nights. Because what I want you other people to do is and what I've been finding out, we've all had our own sort of hectic lives. And as you know, I'm working at the college, I'm working at a certain college, and life has been very, very hectic. And I think it has for most of us. Been strange times indeed for the uh, for the last sort of six months. And what I like, or what I have been liking about uh, Gingerlicious Nights, is the fact that we've been speaking sort of openly, a little bit of questions, not to say questions and answers, but just telling people what we've been doing and sort of sharing our uh, sharing our thoughts, which is a good sort of thing to do. And as you know, yes, I'm broadcasting, I'm on the poetry scene, open mic scene, I'm on the right, I'm on the sort of writing scene and short stories and, and novels and things like that. So I'm, I'm performing on sort of many levels, if well, not many different different platforms, if you like. And um, what I do like is the fact that I have, uh, I found myself doing new things, which is good. And I keep talking about the world storytelling page and I was invited on there. So I, have, I find myself there telling stories, but not hiding, I don't mean not hiding, but not, not behind the mic. I'm not behind the microphone where I can laugh and giggle and play a song and basically be a radio presenter as, uh, as I am. And it's not on the open mic where you've got a, a, a sort of a live audience, I'm used to that sort of thing, a storytelling page and or a storytelling site. So I've been doing a little bit of storytelling and it has given me um, some brilliant ideas. And it's new to me. You know, there's a lot of really brilliant worldwide seasoned professionals out there and I'm just starting out. But as I said, I've got some fantastic ideas. It's different behind the camera. Myself, Irene Lofthouse, uh, Sharina, We've all sort of said it's completely different to performing on the open mic if you are behind a camera. It's like lights, camera, action. You're quite conscious of yourself. It's a different platform. I've had a go. And I've also been... Uh, I've turned my hand to a little bit of artwork as well. I don't want to say it too much. I've actually entered um, an art competition. Digital art. I don't think any oil paintings or anything like that. But sometimes... Um, I, you know, we all have ideas. I think of like an idea. It could be a poem. It could be a short story. It could be like, but like a monologue or a reading on the, uh, on the radio. It might turn into a novel. And I sometimes have, have a vision of, uh, you know, every, uh, you know, picture tells a thousand words. So I have entered, um, I've always been interested in, uh, in that sort of thing. So I've entered, I have entered a, uh, an art competition. I'll, I'll tell you more about that of when, uh, I want to know the outcome, but I do sort of like things like that. Try something new, and when I say um, I've built a robot, it's nothing like Robot Wars. And some of you might have uh, might have seen it on my post on Gingerlicious on the Gingerlicious Company, and a big a big robot. I've called it Eli Twenty Four, which um, in, which is in cycle in cycle. It's getting late at night. I do apologise. I've been up since six o'clock this morning. I've been doing a full day's work, and I've come home and had my tea. And I'm back down at the studio. Um, so I am getting a little bit tired. So I do apologize for that. Um, the encyclopedic, um, encyclopedic learning intelligence 24 and a little bit of a story behind that. 
Um, it's just it's just ways of creating. We ended up with a lot of sort of tins, if you like, like well, cats got a new kitten, and we ended up with all these sort of tins. And I thought, well, people recycle those. And then I'm down in the studio, and I saw an old, I got an old an old board on a shelf, and I thought, shall I throw that out? And then I thought to myself, we'll be grandparents, me and Ross going to be grandparents next month. We're tidying stuff away. And I found an old pair of binoculars, uh, some sunglasses, hat, some clothes, and all these things. And they've all sort of gone to, uh, they've all gone together and I've built a robot. And uh, it's just, I've enjoyed it. I've got some stories, obviously, in my head that just need to be taken a little bit further. And let's just say that me and a very good friend, we've got a little bit of a bid in. Hopefully we might be taking Eli out on the uh, on the road, so it's very, very creative. And I've also, I've also found myself at work to, uh, every, every little small victories work, um, you know, when you're feeling, when you want to move on and feeling a little bit down. And from what has be, what it, what started as a voice sort of changer, you know, I'm sure sometimes you've messed about the app, you can say things down. The, into your phone, record your voice, and you can alter the voice like a helium voice and a robot voice and that sort of thing. And we've had a nice little laugh and a joke at work. But what it has led to is me, in my mind, creating a character because you could have a, a childlike voice. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I think it was Paul Whitehouse that did the adverts. Is it, it, it Milton Great or something like that? And I sort of had this vision of the world today and, and, and I'm thinking you know you're thinking about the world you know what's going on in the world today and through the eyes of uh, of a child and obviously I haven't got a child's voice believe it or not but even daft things like the voice uh, recorder and, and change sort of app um, alter your voice even that's led to me hopefully creating something which will be coming soon on the on the radio so I'm just wondering what uh, everyone's sort of thinking and an interesting uh, point was made by Irene Lofthouse, and again, I'm hoping to uh, have a little bit more debate. And a lot of people, my, my, I mean myself included, you take um, there's various poets out there that are writing um, 100% regarding the COVID-19 pandemic. I have written about maybe um, I, I would say about six sort of poems. I, I think one of the first war on we first went down, we first went into lockdown. I um, I posted a video of me reciting the poem and a little bit of music in the background. I think it might have been Dan Busters or something like that. And I suppose I had a, a few of them are quite serious, some a little bit more light-hearted. But I haven't stuck to the uh, 100% COVID-19. And I've got a little bit of so dark comedy, something a little bit, something a little bit funny. And obviously I've shared the... Uh, about rat ratting and, and the clock crack cleaning this evening, which has all been written in the uh, in COVID nineteen pandemic times. But I mean, Lofthouse um, made an interesting point about that. She's kept away from that, and she's t- she's writing about about the sort of journey or ideas about the journey and how you sort of deal with it and how people cope with it, which I do think is good. I think as writers, as poets, writers. Whatever your sort of take is on life, even an artist, digital oil paintings, I think I do think you need to uh, sort of document it because we are. If you are a creative person, an artist in that respect, you need to um, you need to sort of document that and um, and and sort of be part of it. And how you interpret that is um, it's entirely up to your good self. So I'm just wondering, all you people out there, 
Have you tried? Have you tried sort of anything new? Have you found um, new platforms to uh, to connect on? And if you remember at the beginning of the show, I, met, I, I uh, said thank you to all the people that, that had zoomed in, zoomed in or attended the Gingerlicious uh, Nights. And I was sort of, I can't say I've been a little bit fed up, but because I've been using sort of Zoom, Microsoft Teams and that sort of thing at work, I got a little bit sort of stalled with it. And I know people or some people have um, done a little bit more zooming than others. And just what I thought to myself, is it right? Is it wrong? The brilliant thing is, all the people, when we first, when everybody zoomed in, were all from Yorkshire and all from Leeds, Bradford, a sort of 20 mile radius. But then all of a sudden, John, and John Rowe, he, he, he's down in, uh, I think he's down in Swindon somewhere. I, can't, I know he moves around the sort of country, but obviously way sort of down south. And obviously he does have a property in Romania. And uh, and then all of a sudden, um, Will Nona joined all the way from, from America. And I thought, yes, this is good, because I couldn't do that um, on a normal sort of open mic night. And I do think that Zoom it's good in the right respect, as I do like the open mic. And I do want to get back and actually have some human contact. But then also, it's good to have an international sort of flavour. And um, I don't think it'll go away because anything is possible now. So you can still have your discussions and still have the uh, all the open mic, but you can invite people in. So it, it, I can't say it's good and bad. I think locally, if it's in the Yorkshire area or if it's down in Birmingham, up in South Shields or Nottingham, wherever, in London, that's brilliant. But the good thing is we can all connect via Zoom. But I just don't, I think, just possibly not on a regular basis. So those are my sort of thoughts for the day. We've got just over half an hour to go and I'm going to bring you a little bit from the World Storytelling Cafe and also we might take a trip not down to New Orleans as Gillen did. We're going to take a trip to Waterstones to find out what the books of the month are. But first, here is one from the brilliant Mr. Peter Gabriel, Games Without Frontiers. Tears, all without tears. 
like Cheyenne Shings is blue They all have hills to fly them on Except for Lin Taiyu Dressing up in costumes Playing silly games Hiding out in treetops Shouting out rude names Yes, the brilliant Mr. Peter Gabriel. And I want to be saying this as the weeks go by. I am so I'm playing songs obviously that I like, but I'm I'm listening to the uh, listening to the lyrics and when I'm playing the songs again, it is these you know lockdown times, you're not getting the human contact that we often get, you know, it is very difficult for some people. And I'm listening to the tunes and the songs are uh, taking me to, uh, taking me back in time, if you like. And I'm probably somewhere right in saying, I I would think I would be round about 10, 11-ish. I don't think I'd be no more, much more than 11, about 10, 11 years of age when I first heard that song. And I've always liked that song. It's absolutely, um, it's brilliant. And it's just that little bit sort of different and the sort of video um, that goes with it. Um, it it just it just sort of sticks with me. It doesn't matter where I am. It sort of takes me. It takes me to a place where I suppose, I suppose you I still am. You still were. I still was a kid. Um, but you sort you sort of getting to that age where you get you get to between 10 and sort of 13 and you just start to look at the world in a different way and uh, it's just it's just a brilliant song i just like games without frontiers and you don't get that sort of uh, i don't think you get that sort of singer songwriting um in the sort of modern in 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 the modern sort of pop world if you like Okay, I'm looking now at the World Storytelling Cafe, and all you need to do is type in worldstorytellingcafe.com. It's brilliant. At the top, we've got the homepage, the stages, the schedule, the archive, my story about those, and news. You know the web pages by now. You click on it, you get there, and you get that mouse on the top and click on whatever uh, tickles your fancy. And I've said it 
many many times you you click on the gold button so for example if you want to join a live event it's as simple as it just says join story or join event it's in the gold button or the gold the gold box if you like and you are in brilliant stuff indeed it literally does what it says on the tin the world storytelling cafe so the i'm just clicking down the best as i said home page if you go on the archive obviously that's taking you back in to uh, the past performances so if you're looking for a particular artist or you know someone's up there it will bring up all their past performances the schedule you click on schedule and it'll take you obviously to what's happening up in the up and coming um the up and coming weeks so just to give you a taste of what's happening thursday this thursday the 17th stories from morocco with the cafe clock tellers and all the times i will give you are uh british summertime yes they are uh was it uk time however you want to say it so thursday the 17th of september at 6 p.m we've got stories from morocco with the cafe clock tellers good stuff indeed and on friday the 18th Goodness, lose my voice now. On Friday the 18th at 2 p.m., sharing, we've got the Shapeshifter Part 2. Um, so that sounds like it's good stuff to me. And also, staying with Friday, children's or children's stories um, with Paul Jackson. Sunday the 20th of September at 6 p.m., a Sunday evening story with Maria Watton. And Monday, um, and I think it, it does happen every Monday. Connecting the World by Story every Monday at 6pm and it's Connecting the World by Story with John Rose. That's brilliant stuff. Indeed, recent performances um, go back to September the 14th, Connecting the World by Stories. And this was Incompetent, Foolish and Disobedient Boys. That was the subject. Also got... Um, Past performances, a couple of epic tales. We have got epic tales, enhanced Gertrude's bird, and epic tales, the shape shiftable from September the 14th. We've also got a performance from September the 13th, 2020. Obviously, the forgotten things, a journey for adventurous seekers. That's by Lucy Anderson Wood, and also one from Colin Irwin. Live stories, or was live stories with Kevin Irwin. We've got I think we've got a past performance from Rory McLeod. We've also got Epic Tales again. We've got this live story with Jan Williams. We've got Antonio Rocha, live story with Antonio. And we've got G- um, Janina Vigors, Children's Night with Janina. It's brilliant indeed. So I'm sure that something will always tickle your fancy. It really is. And it literally is poetry and stories from around the world. And it is a little bit of an eye-opener. And I suppose for the most people that I know connected through the writer's bookshelf, poetry, open mic, or all things writing, I think it just gives you a... Um, I think it gives you a little bit of a, a... Just something new. You know, try something new with stories from around the world. It could inspire you to... Uh, possibly do something else so please check it out and i will keep telling you the updates regarding the world storytelling cafe i'm just looking at the songs and i've decided on the last three songs which are quite well i I think they mean something to me and i think possibly they might mean something to you i have mentioned about sort of moving on and what do i mean by that well 
I've been uh, I've, I've been sort of thinking for the last sort of six months and I've looked at the world in a slower sort of pace because my sort of take is the um, the last six months up to a couple of weeks ago have been sort of really good for me because I seem to be getting getting more done. I've been working at college and it's just, I've just it's made me sort of realise um, I may realise sort of what a fast-paced life I've had and getting up in the morning, 6 o'clock, off for 10 to 7, 5 to 7, going to work, coming back, you know the score, working for the rat race and do you see your family so much, little bit, running round, doing the radio, sometimes feeling a little bit tired and it's strange that in lockdown times I have had, I have had far more time to myself but also got through a load more work, a bit more relaxed, in my own company with my family, a little bit happier, what have you. And I just thought to myself, David, it's time to move on. So hopefully, um, probably by the end of October, I'm going to be moving on to Pastors New with regard to my daytime job. But obviously I'm staying at Drystone Radio, which is good stuff indeed. And if you remember, I did play Born Free by Matt Monroe. That is quite inspirational. Say, do not be tied down, Born Free. And... I know that I'm in my 50s now, but I still think that I am a teenager. So this is why I am going to play this next song. When you're feeling a bit down, when you're feeling a little bit old, sing along to this one.
Well, that was, of course, the Bluebells with Young at Heart. That goes out to all you gorgeous people in your 50s. You're never too young for a new start. Don't be tied down. Don't let them tell you what to do. Okay, we've got just under uh, 20 minutes. Just under 20 minutes. We've got about, about 18 minutes to go. And the news coming up on the hour of 10. And then it's Ian Mayer with Anyway, The Wind Blows. Midnight right through to 7 o'clock, we have got what I call a 24-7 mix, which is brilliant music. All your favourites from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s and beyond. A few little jingles in between and then our very own Mr. J.P. Yes, Mr. James Proctor, right on the airwaves, right on the money with Craven at breakfast. Good stuff indeed. And Wednesday's always a good day. We've got Jane Steele, 10am right through till 1. And we've got our very own Mr. SB, Steve Brown, on the drive time, 4pm right through until 7. Brilliant reasons to stay tuned to Drystone Radio, favourite and local community radio station. I've still got a couple of songs in the cats. And we're now over in Waterstones. And we're looking at the books of the month for September because it may well be you might not be able to get out. You might not want to go out. And you may be looking for something to read. So you might have gone on Amazon. You might be at Waterstones. Most places now will do. you can do the online shopping and obviously order online. And it's telling me powerful stories of holding on and letting go. Now, that's interesting. I looked at that until now. I've been talking about letting go and powerful stories of holding on and letting go. Now, just on a completely different sideline, if you are a rock fan and an astute fan of rock music in the 80s, you might remember the uh, the um, rock band, the Irish band Mama's Boys from the 80s, and they had a song called Letting Go. I'm going to have to find that one, and um, I might play it for you, but that's a little bit of a sidetrack. Okay, it tells us that our September lineup sees two of the most emotionally affecting books you will read all year. So let's 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 read on and see what's happening because the fiction book of the month is goes by the title of On Earth We Are Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Vion. And I do hope I pronounced that right. That's V-U-O-N-G. It's down at the strange price of seven pounds forty-nine pence. And What's it telling us? Framed as a letter from a young Vietnamese man to his illiterate mother, Vyong's radiant debut novel traces themes of race, class and colonialism across decades of Southeast Asian history, building to a breathtaking final revelation. So if that tickles your taste buds, get in, get yourself to Waterstones or get online. We're also looking now at Dear Life by Rachel Clark. And this is the non-fiction book of the month. And it goes on to tell us that Dr. Rachel Clark chronicles caring for her dying father with both professional insight and deeply personal reflection. In this thoughtful and ultimately uplifting meditation on mortality and the crucial work of the hospice. So that could be a very powerful read and a very hard read, but I'm sure a lot of you will be intrigued and possibly want to read that book. So that is Dear Life by Rachel Clark. Always popular, always popular because we like to be scared. The thriller of the month. It is The Guest List by Lucy 
Foley. That also is down to the strange price of £7.49. Okay, it's a dream wedding off the windswept Irish coast. I do apologise. A, a dream wedding off the windswept Irish coast becomes a living nightmare for its trapped and terrified guests in the latest nerve-jangling thriller from the author of The Hunting Party. And children's book of the month, the kids are all important. Dragons are on the menu. Dragon Mountain by Katie Zhang. Katie and Kevin Zhang. And it's telling me that the first is a first in an exciting new series from the creators of the Sam Wu Dragon Mountain. Uh, creators of Sam Wu, do apologise. Dragon Mountain sets a group of children on an epic quest to free a quartet of fire-breathing beasts. Scottish Book of the Month is A Sound of the Hours by Karen Campbell. An intricate, captivating story of conflict, love and prejudice in war-torn Tuscany. The Sound of the Hours charts the course of a young woman who must choose between loyalty, obedience and her conscience. And we've two more to go. It is a Welsh book of the month by Niall Griffiths, Broken Ghosts. Broken Ghost, I do apologise. Hypnotically driven by vernacular voices. Griffiths' story of a Welsh community witnessing a strange collective vision is a staggering exploration of humanity's need to live a meaningful life. And finally, the Irish Book of the Month is Amongst Women by John McCahon. And it's set on a small Irish farm, McCahon's stunning, nuanced um, meditation on the inability to let go follows a widowed father of five children wavering between paternal love and tyranny. So some good books out there, if they tickle your fancy, get yourself to Waterstones, get online, get buying and get reading. Okay, I am going to play an instrumental now. I'm just feeling that little way out. Sometimes I do throw in the uh, inspirational instrumentals and avid fans of the show will know I am a massive fan of Basil Paul Doris. He is a fantastic fantastic composer and I do implore you to get the Conan the Barbarian. Conan the Barbarian, both the films, the soundtracks have been penned, didn't we penned, by the brilliant Basil Paul Doris. In my opinion, Conan the Barbarian is one of the best soundtracks ever. And it just if you're just wanting that little bit of relief, looking for some inspiration regardless, it's just, for me, it just makes me feel good. It takes me back to watching the film for the first time and the old Conan, um, the old Conan legend with Arnie and obviously Robert E. Howard books and everything. And it just takes me back and I think I'll probably around about 12, 13, around about 12, 13 when I, 12 is probably when I first um, started or got interested in, in the corner and started reading the books. Brilliant stuff indeed. So it takes me right back. It's taking me back about 40 years now. And I just think it inspires me. Well, it inspires me to write, and hopefully it inspires you to write. I did say Conan the Barbarian, but the particular song is the title track to the second film, Conan 
the destroyer so i do hope that you like it and this is your instrumental inspiration for this edition of the writer's bookshelf indeed Conan the Destroyer main title by the brilliant Puzzle Basil Paul Doris fantastic stuff indeed well listeners sadly that is just about it from me David Driver and another writer's bookshelf the news is coming up on the hour of 10 and then it is anyway the wind blows with of course Ian Mayer 
Join me next week on the bookshelf when I'll be chatting to more brilliant writers, poets and wonderful word weavers via the fantastic invention that is the mobile phone. And if you want to be on the show, get in touch. It's david.driver at drivestoneradio.com or send me a Facebook message. And don't forget, if you want a little bit more of me, tune in on Saturday, 9 o'clock, early 9am for the Saturday show. Good night, God bless. Keep writing and keep giving the love. Keep it easy and keep it simple. Don't let them tell you what to do. I'm going to play out now with a couple of tracks. Good night, and I'll see you all very, very soon. When you're alone and life is making you lonely, you can always go downtown. When you've got worries, all the noise and the hurry seems to help, I know. Downtown, just listen to the music of the traffic in the city. Linger on the sidewalk where the neon signs are pretty. How can you lose the light so much brighter there? You can't forget all your troubles, forget all your cares, so go downtown. Things will be great when you're downtown. No final place for sure. Don't hang around and let your problems surround you. There are moving shows downtown. Maybe you know some little places to go to where they never close. Downtown, just listen to the rhythm of a gentle bouncing over. You'll be dancing with them too before the night is over. Happy again. The light's so much brighter Forget all your troubles, forget all your cares, so go downtown, where all the lights are bright, downtown, waiting for you tonight, downtown, you're gonna be alright now, downtown, From the heart of your community. Drystone Radio.
The Writer's Bookshelf on Drystone Radio. This hour, the health secretary says it could take weeks to resolve issues around coronavirus.